Hello everyone. So, as you have probably gathered by now, this episode of the Jerry Anson podcast is basically a uh, a tribute slash salute to our dear departed Denise Breyer, who who sadly left us um, about ten days ago, I guess, when this is broadcast, maybe nearer two weeks. And um, I I didn't want to do a a normal randomizer for for this um, for this week because uh, I. I too have had a have been lucky enough to have had a, a connection with with Denise over the years. Um, many of you will know that I wrote several episodes and and, and did voices in uh, several of the Big Finish uh, Terrorhawks audios. But my first encounter with Denise was actually it was Terrorhawks related, but it was uh, a bit earlier than that. It was back in two thousand and three. Uh, if you have the the Revelation Films complete DVD box set of Terrorhawks has a, a reunion documentary on there. Uh, Denise, Robbie Stevens, Jeremy Hitchin, and Anne Riddler were were reunited for a day, and uh, I was present for that, which was a wonderful experience. And Denise was was already there when when I got there because it was shot at her daughter's house, so uh, she was she'd arranged for that to be loaned to the production and instantly Denise was just the most welcoming friendly warm person I, I'd probably ever met up to that point even though I was someone she'd never met before it was almost like she almost seemed to sort of instantly accept me as some kind of old friend and uh, over the course of the day she got to revisit not only her her fellow Terrorhawks castmates but she also got to replay Zelda we we wrote a, a, a script for the four of them to uh, to gather around the mic and perform all their old uh, characters this is myself and uh, Stephen the Riviere of uh, Century 21 films who are responsible for Thunderbirds 1965 and Nebula 75 and so on that was it was wonderful to watch this sweet wonderful old lady just so full of so full of warmth and and love become this this tyrannical monster that is Zelda, uh, and it, she clearly loved doing it. And it was it was so wonderful that um, after I suppose yeah at that point it would only have been twenty years since the the show ended. In fact, we're coming up on twenty years of, of that documentary. My goodness, uh, but uh, it was all still there. Denise was you know she was still able to draw on Zelda and Mary, and and she did and she did with great relish. After that. Uh, I also worked with her again. She was uh, kind enough to agree to participate in two uh, audio dramas that I wrote while I was studying radio at university. There was one that I wrote about a um, a, a woman who's visiting her husband while he's dying in hospital. Very cheerful stuff. For which, oddly enough, she did reprise Zelda during the recording. The other one was uh, Alan Bennett's Cream Cracker Under the Settee. I don't know if there's any uh, Talking Heads fans out there who remember that uh, BBC series, but she did that beautifully. And in fact, I think I still have the, the files for those. So let's hear a little bit of Denise Breyer in Alan Bennett's A Cream Cracker Under the Settee. I wanted to call him John. The midwife said he wasn't fit to be called anything. And had we any newspaper? Wilfrid said, oh yes, she saves newspaper. She saves shoeboxes as well. I must have fallen asleep because when I woke up she'd gone. I wanted to see him. 
wrapping him in newspaper as if he were dirty. He wasn't dirty, little thing. I don't think Wilfred minded <laughs> a kiddie. It was the same as the allotment or the fretwork, just a craze. He said, we're better off, Doris, just the two of us. It was then he started talking about getting a dog. If it had lived, I might have had grandchildren now. Wouldn't have been in this fix. Daughters are best. They don't migrate. Watching Denise sat behind a microphone doing these things, it made you realise that um, it, it was slightly sad that she hadn't really been been employed that much from sort of the late 80s onwards. And I think you know, people just stopped asking her. So it was wonderful to see her back behind a microphone, back where she was happiest, really getting her teeth into into something powerful and dramatic as, as that is. And again, she was such an incredibly friendly, welcoming soul. I I get the impression, I always had the impression with Denise that she remembered me, but she wasn't sure where from, and maybe she was confusing me with one or two other people, but it didn't really matter. So there was that familiarity um, on both occasions. This was 2005-2006, and she was always asking what I was up to, and, and so I think Jamie has probably said she was, you know, Auntie Denise. She felt like your, your grandmother, and that's absolutely, absolutely true. She was like the, I if you could have, like, custom-built the ideal grandmother, you couldn't have made a better one than Denise. So then in 2014, when it came time to do the Terrorhawks audios with Big Finish, I, again, I had that familiarity with Denise, and even though it had been, oh seven or eight years since I'd last seen her at that point, she still, again, seemed to seemed to remember me from somewhere. She knew not where, and it didn't really matter because it was just, oh, darling, I've missed you. And she would just sweep you up with this great big hug. And, oh, it was, it was so easy to return that because it was so genuine. And then watching her, watching her playing Zelda, I mean, also Mary and, and its star and, and all the other characters to a certain extent, but particularly Zelda, this warm, wonderful, gracious, radiant woman, not only producing this superbly villainous character, but but clearly relishing in what she was doing. And there, there are some moments in those, those Terrorhawks audios, they get quite dark, some of those stories. And she loved it. And it was it was great to see her with with reunited with her boys um lots of uh lots of dirty jokes and uh, unrepeatable stories but um she was never the instigator of those and yet somehow somehow jeremy could be telling some some dirty joke or story or whatever and denise would somehow come in with with a punchline that not only topped jeremy's but it seemed almost effortlessly innocent she was on the wavelength, but she didn't have to lower herself to to that kind of tone. She she kept a sort of innocent aloofness uh, above it all, and uh, yeah, they clearly loved her uh, as as did all of us. So it is obviously ninety three years old is uh, is an incredible age to reach. But I, I look at um, at footage of her, and I, I just think that is what I would would like to be if I live to to be 
to be old. Um, someone who, no matter what their physical age, they seem young at heart and young in spirit. And that was Denise. She had this this childlike wonder of, of the world around her and, and the people she was interacting with. She always saw the, the bright side in everything. I don't remember her ever being upset or, or cross with anybody. Admittedly, I... I only knew her through those um, those sort of professional interactions. I never like went out for lunch with her or anything, but she was very much what you saw was what you get. And if you've seen any of those behind the scenes of the Terrorhawks Audios videos on uh, YouTube, what you're seeing there is exactly the person that she was. So not only a superb talent as a voice artist. I mean, not not just for. For Zelda, but for for everything she turned her hand to, but also one of the nicest, sweetest, most gracious human beings I have ever had the joy to um, to come across in in this world. So, yeah, I, I count myself as as truly blessed to have known and worked with Denise as often as I did, and knowing her will forever remain one of the best things that's that's ever happened to me i think so moving on to this week's episode of the randomizer if anyone's still listening to this at this point appropriately enough and this wasn't planned this is just how it went uh the episode that you would have heard today was a four feather falls one it was recorded several weeks ago and i thought oh okay this would be a, a you know a nice tribute to denise here's a four feather falls episode and then i was reviewing it and i realized ah She's not in that one. So, for the first time, I'm not exactly breaking the rules of the randomizer, but I am bending them a little. The episode that was recorded, and you would have heard today, uh, that's postponed to somewhere later down the line, probably before the end of the year. Instead, we are going to pull up an episode of Four Feather Falls, still Four Feather Falls, that hopefully she had more of a presence in, as my tribute to Denise Breyer. I hope I could say my my friend and colleague and if not just one of the best people i ever was lucky enough to to stand in a room with on on more than one occasion here's four feather falls the mar jones story and thank you denise the four feathers on this hat are magic they enable tex tucker's dog and horse to speak and his guns to fire without him even touching them and now Another exciting adventure from Four Feather Falls. So, welcome back to Four Feather Falls. As I said, not the episode you would have had today, but it's still a Four Feather Falls, so uh, that's okay. It gives us a bit more of Denise. And uh, if you're interested, this episode... This episode was originally going to be on pod 430 something this has been pulled forward from so uh yeah it would have been a long time before this this turned up naturally but i think it's appropriate enough to uh to do that today and not not show a, a terrorhawks episode as such because we've not long had terrorhawks let's give four feather falls a, a a chance to uh to shine now giddy up rocky i just hope that denise is in it because uh Despite the title, that might not mean anything. I'm breaking in my new shoe. She might not be there. His big feet, Tex. That's his trouble. He ought to be like me. Dainty feet, dusty. Aww. 
And you are dandy feet, Dusty. Anyway, we're riding back into town. Strangers who came to town on the coach. Oh, strangers. What I'm aiming to find out. Um, Morning, Jim. Jim's playing the piano. Something I can do for you. Yeah. Of course, that's the piano we saw at uh, Andacon 2015. It still exists to this day. Them, except their names, Brad Martin and Jeff Ward. Ooh. Something wrong? No, no, no. No, no, no. Just no. checking. Seems that Jeff Ward says stay in a while. He brought a big trunk and two bags. Took them straight up to his room. Okay. Mm. Thanks, Jim. Luggage? For people who are staying in a hotel? This sounds suspicious. Oh, my goodness. Here, Jeff. From now on, we don't know each other, okay? Okay, Brad. I dropped the Brad. Okay, Mr. Martin. They've brought uh, a lot of stuff with them. What's this? Uh, Jones store from the old gal. <gasps> no! You know what to do? I sell her all them things I brought. And then you tell her that she'll only have to pay one dollar a week for them. Yeah. Oh, scam. Then I come in as your boss and tell her everything's got to be paid up. You mm. poor old gal won't be able to pay up. So, we take a store. That'll make us six stores from Dallas to Four Feather Falls. Ooh, managing six stores between the two of you. That's quite impressive. So, that's our evil plan set up. Let's see how they, uh, they enact this one. Yeah, Marjone's story is looking a bit, uh, a bit low on stuff. Martha Jones. There you are, young man. Thank you, ma'am. There she now, this is. This paper you just signed says all these things are yours. I don't rightly believe it. Oh dear, all these lovely things. We haven't really got a good look at all these uh, lovely things yet. There's a clock. There's um. Uh, don't tell nobody you suck. A few pots and pans. Mostly, it all seems to be in boxes still. It's a secret. No, it ain't that. But uh, folks get jealous. Oh, oh dear, I, I promise I won't breathe a word. That's fine. And I'll see you next week. So is this stuff she's allowed to sell in the shop? Oh, a cuddly dog. Uh, or it could be a coyote or some kind of uh, fox-like creature. Yep, she's put it all in the store window. Lots of, uh, oh my goodness, some uh, lovely jars and uh, ceramics, china things and so on. They've, uh, yeah, these guys have really brought everything with them. Hiya, Ma! Whoa. Why? You scared me. <laughs> Not intended, ma'am. Now, how's things gone this last week? Can't rightly say. Oh, folks are saying the things is too pricey. Well, mm, uh, they all look very nice. I'll just trouble you for your weekly dollar. Well, uh, all right. Well, well, well. Oh, here it comes. The other guys walked in. Uh, you be? My name's Martin, ma'am. I'm this young man's boss. Glad to know oh. you, Mr. Martin. Well... <laughs> I see you've got a mighty lot of our things, ma'am. Bought them last week for Mr. Ward. Uh, she's paying for them a dollar a week, Mr. Martin. Oh. Well, I'm afraid my company cannot accept the uh, dollar a week payment any longer. Oh, no. Obvious scam is obvious scam. Ma'am, cash on the nail. But oh, dear. I ain't got that kind of money. Where's the paper she signed, Mr. Ward? What are you getting at? Here's another thing we could do seeing in HD. This soundtrack is very crackly on this. It's legal. Yeah. Yes, here we are. It says here. If at any time I, Martha Jones, can't pay for the goods, I will give my store to Mr. Brad Martin, lock, stock, and barrel. Oh, dear. Listen, Mr. Martin. 
If I took that paper to the sheriff... You listen to me, old lady. This store is mine. And if you want to keep healthy, you won't breathe a word. Oh, no, we're threatening, Marjo. We're threatening old ladies. Again, this is Four for the Fools being quite dark. Mr. Ward, can't you do nothing? Sorry, ma'am. I, I can't do a thing. Martha oh, Jones, dear. you're getting out of town tomorrow morning, see? Oh, dear. Oh. Must be serious, he said, see? You'd best do like he says, ma'am. See? Get out of town. Oh. And that scene actually showcased um, how well the, the development of the Four Feather Falls uh, guest puppets had come along since the, the very early days of the show. Because if you look at Martha Jones as a puppet and compare her to those two, they are far superior to her. I think there are certain characters on this show that look really good, and then there are others where the design just wasn't quite right to begin with, but they're stuck with it for the rest of the series. See, you're getting out on time, ma'am. Oh. What's going on? Pleasant? Twink looks like he's just got out of bed. He's blinking quite furiously there. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, what's going on? They've driven Martha Jones out of town. Yeah. We're the new owners, like it says. New owners? Well, i got to find the sheriff quick. <laughs> According to Twink, it seems these two, Martin and Ward, claim they're the new owners of Mar Jones' store. Yeah, that's what they said. Well, there's your answer, Mr. Tucker. They've sure been quick. Sure have. Hmm. Hmm. Well, seems like Martin and Ward are suspected of getting other folks' stores with threats. Oh, of course they would be. Land deals in Dallas and Texas. I mean, we already knew they were up to no good, so there was no real uh, mystery there, but... Uh... Well, this time I'm going to smash that record. Yeah, and then I'll smash their faces. Oh. Ward! They put up new owners' signs and they're painting the shop front. Hand over that paper that Ma Jones signed, making you the new owners of this store. We ain't handing over that paper to nobody. I said hand it over. Now see here, Sheriff. That paper belongs to us. Martin, I'll give you one more chance to hand over that paper. One more step, Mr. Tucker. Oh, he's produced a gun. From somewhere. Sheriff, I'll shoot you down. Now come and get it. But of course, Tex has magic guns. <gasps> oh, there goes the paper. Catch it, someone. Someone catch it. Someone. Ah, oh, there he is. Twink has saved the day, caught it in his hat. I'm going after Mar Jones. Yeah. He could be in real danger out there in the desert. Oh, Get going. Twink's got a shotgun. Again, Twink is another one of the, the Four for the Fours puppets that looks a bit rough. But uh, I kind of like the... Uh, the, the simian look of the puppet. I think I've said before, he reminds me of Cranky Kong from the, the Donkey Kong Country games. Meanwhile, out in the desert, there's a cactus that's shaped like Mickey Mouse, and there's Mar Jones and her derpy-looking horse. This stuck in the middle of nowhere. They need a rest of spell. Maybe have a bite to eat. Never slept alone in the desert before. Mm. Guess it could get a bit scary come night. <laughs> now, don't you go getting scared. It's not a good idea to give these horses a close-up. Aside from Rocky, they don't look good. Oh, and speaking of scary things... Oh! Oh, Rocky. Whoa. Some kind of, uh... Animal? <laughs> that, was a quite, that was quite a good-looking puppet, actually. Nothing wrong with my nose, boss. A Mar Jones horse just ain't been this way. Okay, then. We'll strike north. 
Oh, it's a wildcat, I think, that, uh, that animal. Now, you eat up them oats while I get myself a bite. Oh. Good old Ma. She's looking after her horse before she looks after herself. Oh, my goodness. Yes, it's night time. The, the wildcat has relocated to the trees, and they've given it the hoods light up eyes. Since I came west on the wagon train. Poor Ma. Yeah, that was quite sinister, seeing that thing... Just seeing the silhouette in the tree, and then the eyes just turned on suddenly. Oh, there it is again. The horse has picked it up. I guess that was a shot of the moon up there. Ooh, very sinister wildcat. Not doing anything, but very sinister. Stay where you are, Ma. That's it, scared him away. He looked a bit like, um... Buxton, the cat from Magic Roundabout. Never seen a mountain cat that close before. Ooh, you nearly didn't see it at all. Something wrong with your new shoes, Rocky? No. No, it's not my shoes. Ooh. It's my poor hooves. They're oh. killing me. Oh. Well, that's what comes of having new shoes on a day like this. Yes. And it's such a long way back to town. Yeah, but it's all in a good cause. Everything's going to be okay. You can travel around. We've saved Mar Jones. Um, presumably all the legal stuff back in Four Feather Falls is going to be taken care of. Tex is going to sit beside her and sing while we ride her back to town. Presumably Dusty and Rocky will just trot along behind. Oh, oh dear. I was about to say this is charming, and it is, but the the first sh the first thing that happened in that shot was Mar Jones's derpy-looking horse kind of plodded into shot, and uh, oh, it looks quite funny. Oh, Rocky and Dusty are, are, are getting a ride in the back of the wagon. That's nice. This is a nice way to end the story. Actually, it's you know we don't really have a, a song that's sort of hooray for Mar Jones, so. We can, we can, we can use this one. Sorry, we're we're now back in town, and uh, Twink has just seen Ma, and he just leapt. He jumped for joy, and he's so obviously a puppet. It's such a puppety way to to make that movement happen, but um, he's put her shop sign back up. He's now waiting in the shop for her, holding up a sign. Welcome home, Martha. Well, what a lovely note to end the episode on. And, you know, as a Four Feather Falls episode goes, that's that's thoroughly, um, you know, a thoroughly decent, average, okay episode, as, as they all tend to be. So, um, slightly disappointed there wasn't more for Denise there to do, but uh, it's it's rare, I think, for this show to really focus on any of her characters. So it's nice that they did something with Mar Jones because she's a nice old lady, as indeed was Denise herself. And uh, all of us who knew her are going to always remember her, and uh, everyone who saw her work on these shows will always enjoy them. 